بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وإذ قلنا لك إن ربك أحاط بالناس وما جعلنا إلا فتنة للناس This is a verse from Surah Bani Israel <coughs> Allah Ta'ala had announced We encompass mankind. Encompass means that in time we encompass him. When we say we encompass him in time, then we know what's before him, we know what's after him. We in control of what's before him, we in full control of what's after him. So we in from all sides <coughs> so that we understand that God is supposed to be one who is in supreme control if he has an equal then he doesn't have supreme control because the equal has equal control he doesn't have the su- supreme control and all the more if the God is lower than him then he can't be God because he doesn't have supreme control. So God is one that is got supreme control. He's got complete supreme control. He controls all he controls people, controls time, he controls events. So everything is subject to his decision and his authority. <coughs> so this verse was more or less as a consolement to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Rasulullah was very anxious for the hidayat and the guidance of people. Harisun alaykum bil rahim, as the Quran Sharif says, very anxious to see people coming to the right. So Allah Taala to balance it and to say that I am in control. I know what's going to happen afterwards. So you do your work and then just assign your affair to me. <coughs> you're going to become over over anxious. Obviously, you're going to hurt yourself. <coughs> Followed by the verse, "Ma jalna illa linnas." And what we had shown you on the occasion of Miraj, illa linnas. But this was also aim to be a trial for people. Because the response of people will be that in such a short span of time, man is covering such Masjid al-Haram to Masjid al-Aqsa. From Masjid al-Aqsa to above the seventh heaven, then to the Sidrat al-Muntaha, then to the Sarim al-Aqlam, then to Maqam al-Taddana wa Taddalla. So, how could this be possible that he's covered this distance in a single night, in a short time? How can it be possible? So this was also aimed to be a test for man. As Rasulullah is ascending on an elevator, Allah knows his exact description, what the elevator must have been like, staircase or whatever. In the first heaven, he meets up with Adam Then the second 
the meets up with Isa alayhi salam and his cousin Yahya alayhi salam. And the third he meets up with Yusuf alayhi salam. The beauty of Yusuf alayhi salam as described in the hadith is if beauty had to be distributed, divided, then half the world's beauty is in Yusuf alayhi salam. You know what happens to us and something beautiful just comes to us. How we become overwhelmed. We cannot control ourselves. So Yusuf alayhi salam was given half the beauty of the entire universe. Then in the fourth heaven, then he meets up with Idris alayhi salam. And the fifth with Harun alayhi salam. And the sixth with Musa alayhi salam. And the seventh meets up with Ibrahim alayhi salam. Ibrahim alayhi salam conveys his salams to this ummah that convey my salams to the ummah and tell them that jannat is just a flat plain then the thing that brings about the flourishment, the beauty the splendor of jannat is your amal subhanallah, alhamdulillah, allahu akbar those free moments, small moments you've got then don't let them pass without you making the, taking the maximum benefit Exploit those moments. Ibn Hajar Hajalani <coughs> is about the greatest commentators on Bukhari Sharif. Ibn Hajar Asqalani is about the greatest commentator on the Bukhari Sharif. So he used to be writing Bukhari Sharif. And in the old days, the pens were different to the pens that we use now. When we were small, it was a fountain pen that we dip it. Before that, it was <coughs> out of a straw or a stick and that had to be sharpened all the time. So you're writing and then it's supposed to be sharpened again. Writing and you're sharpened again. So whilst he's writing and he's sharpening the nub so that it can write nicely. So in, the, in those moments also he's saying, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar. So a student asked him, but you are doing dini work, and in this moment also you are making tasbih and zikr, what's wrong? He says, why must I allow these moments to go without me taking the full advantage? These things may help me in the hereafter. This is what we have lost sight of, is that whatever we are doing, those moments are favors from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and those moments are for us to exploit, take the best advantage. <coughs> Imam Abu Yusuf Rahmatullahi is on his deathbed, last moments. And one student comes to visit him. As he comes to visit him, now his whole life was to learn and to pass on hadith and fiqh. That was his whole life. From the beginning, if you look and examine his life, right till the time he died, that was his life. So, the student comes to visit him and Imam Abu Yusuf Rahmatullahi is asking the student, alright, I want to know from you that you are in Mina and you have to do the pelting of the Jamarat. So, the pelting of the Jamarat, must it be done Mashian or Rakiban? Must it be done on foot or whilst you on a mount? So the student says, no, it must be done walking. He says, wrong. So it must be done on a mount, that's wrong. And then he tells him, alright, explain what it is. He said, <coughs> if it is 
that, that pelting is followed by another pelting. One jamara is followed by another jamara. Then you do it mashi and you do it on foot. But if it is, that there is no pelting after that, then you do it rakiban. Then it's done on a mount. But the student says, I learned the masla, alhamdulillah. And I was just leaving the house and I heard that he passed away. But right till the end, see, he's understood the mission of life. When he's understood the mission of life, that he doesn't want one second, one moment to go without a reward, without a return. Now this happens when we attach an importance, a value to, to the deeds that we are doing. But we don't attach the value, we don't recognize them. And obviously that we are in loss. Every moment, every second must be appreciated. This morning, my friend was explaining to me, <coughs> our late Mawana Harun Sahib, Rahmatullahi, Allah filled his grave with Nur, that when he was on the dialysis, and after the dialysis is complete, we know that the person is extremely exhausted. Most people just want to sleep after that. They can't manage. But with all that exhaustion, Mawana would tell the one that is helping him, tell him, see, take me to all the patients that are in the hospital. I'll make salam for them, to them. I'll bring the spirits up and the masnoon duas I'll recite for them as well. So these moments are valued. And then one I would ask, after everything is done, just do the bank balance. What is the bank balance? Another one is, is wondering now, what is the bank balance all about here? He said, see, for that one visit, you got 70,000 malaika making dua for us. So how many we visited multiplied accordingly. So the deed and with the anticipation of the reward, expectation of that reward, this is the deed and this is the reward that you're going to get for it. So we have lost sight of these things here. So therefore these things are taken very, very casually, very lightly. If it is something material, obviously we attach an importance. But something related to the hereafter, we say, well, we're doing great things. Now these people that are masters of hadith, tabligh, etc., and how they manage their time. Every moment was, was, was very valuable. Then he explains some other qualities of Mulana I wish to share with you. <coughs> Says that we are passing a Kabristan. So Mulana would say, please, now keep quiet and recite some Quran Sharif, Ulwala three times and pass it on to these people that are there. Because there's nothing there for them. But what you pass on, and what the deeds, what deeds they have accumulated, this is what they will get. And they really look forward to what you will pass on about these things. You get one Quran Sharif Sawab, and pass it on to these people that are no more. Then he says, one are so anxious, so anxious about the hereafter, the Sawab, etc. will insist by do some sadaqah work for the day, some small, big, whatever, whatever you can manage. You don't have to have a million rand to do sadaqah. You got ten rands, do some sadaqah work. And you say that, see, you can't do anything, do this much. Those poor women that are selling, uh, they got the baskets and they're selling fruit and veg, right? So buy something from them. But Mulana, his, this friend of Mulana tells me, Mulana was so ahead, so advanced in his thinking, that he would buy that commodity, say he buys a, 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 a packet of grapes or something, so he pays the full price, says 50 rands, he pays it, and returns the grapes to that woman, said you can sell it to someone else now. But see now how they're scoring. They understand, they appreciate every moment. 
And we come across these fazilat and these virtues, but it doesn't touch the mind, doesn't touch the heart. Well, these people of the, of the pious of the past, they have left a lot of lessons, legacies for us. It is for us to draw from them. Then he says, <clears throat> now this load shedding, and there was a tr- there was a problem that came to Mulana. That one person is complaining about the generator on, and his windows are closed. My windows are open. I don't have a generator, so all that noise is filtering through my house. Now, Mulana explained his friend. You see, this is politics now. We mustn't get involved. Don't say yes. Don't say no. Just keep quiet. But he says this is a simple solution to this. The solution is that if every person understands his duty, if this person understands his duty and that person understands his duty towards the neighbor, the life becomes so comfortable. This person says, all right, I got the blessings of a generator, I can afford it. My neighbor can't afford it, right? All right, I'm using so many plugs and so many light points. Let me share something with the neighbor. You share something with the neighbor, inshallah, all, all the differences all will go away. But if you don't share, then you will get this person complaining all the time. But now if one realizes, alright, it's a gift, and my neighbor has a duty, has a right over me. It's not just a, an optional thing, rather he has a right. Well, Jari Zil Kurba, well, Jari Junub, they have duties of fulfill the duty. Let us do something. Simple day to day things, we see it all the time, but then we ignore these things, and then we land in the hereafter, and then we see the rewards of the people that have scored, what they have done. Say, if each person understood what are his duties, what are his rights, then you won't have any fight. But now, if I am only demanding my right, my right, that means you are always right. And then the other person is always wrong. The wife is doing the same thing, my right. The husband is doing the same thing, my right. The son is doing the same thing, my right. Then who's wrong then? Then everybody's right. When everybody's right, then nobody can be wrong. Then the fights will definitely escalate. But if I think in the, the other way around, how Rasulullah taught us to, 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 to think and reason, then you won't have fights. One person <coughs> borrowed Rasulullah some wealth. There was some crisis and a community was badly affected, no food, etc. So Rasulullah took a loan to have that community that was in a crisis situation, like how in Turkey, etc. So his heart was like gold, just want to give. And sometimes, then he had to incur a debt, not for his personal self, but to help out someone, or one person, or the second person. So the wealth is teaching us, the wealth was not for us to live it up and live a lavish life, no. I don't say don't enjoy, but it is not for us to, uh, to, to raise the level of our lifestyle, no. Yes, we enjoy it. And how much can we share with our neighbor, our friend, our cousin, our relative, our aunt, our uncle? What can we do for them? A Muslim, he gets up, and he gets up with this frame of mind. What can I do? What ikram can I show? Rasulullah was doing tabligh as well, teaching as well. But can you, can you show that he wasn't doing ikram? He's doing ikram to a level where he's incurring a debt. And there's no food in the house. There's no food in the house, but he's incurring a debt just to help someone else. Now, this Jew comes in and makes an unreasonable de- Your family, you know about, the, you always known, you, it's, it's known about you that you are 
you procrastinate in fulfilling your debts. You're doing this and doing this. And it's a whole crowd of Sahaba Kiram and he's speaking to Rasulullah in this manner. We were really worked up. And we could have finished the person straight away. But it was just the respect of Rasulullah we just maintain our cool. Rasulullah understood what was going on. Obviously Rasulullah was very intelligent, so he knew what was going on. So he says to them, see, myself and this person was worthy of something better. You could have advised me in this manner that be more considerate in the payment of your loan. And you could have advised, you could be more considerate in making demands. Now I ask you, will there be any fights? When each one is trying to see, all right, how can I better the situation? How can I fulfill his right? How can I do something good for him? Will there be any problem? But if the mindset becomes circular, then the mind goes like this, my rights, nobody must trample, me, me. So what are you? My late mother, Allah fill a grave with nur, she would often encourage us, you know, do sadaqah, something, something for the day, do it. And she would then say, you see, what you spend on yourself, by the morning it's in the sewage. You enjoyed it, alright, whatever it was, you don't say, don't enjoy it. But by the morning that is gone in the sewage. You don't want to look at it, you don't want to look at it, you don't want to smell the thing, it's so terrible. But what you have given for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that touches the throne of Allah ta'ala. And when it touches the throne of Allah ta'ala, you can't stop admiring. Hey, what I have done and what acceptance it's gained. What I have done, what I have done and what acceptance it's got. So, these are some of the teachings that I learned from this brother, from Harun Sahib, Rahmatullahi, served this place here for at least, I would say, about 40 years, right? But some of the teachings, so we understand now this kindness, we start the day, how can I be kind? Whether in the masjid, outside the masjid, right? Someone is parked incorrectly, alright? Made a mistake. So we don't have to shout, we don't have to fight, you come into the masjid, troubling everybody here. You got the right to say it. But now, he is not in the right frame of mind. You're going to tell him something, he's going to have something else to say, and he's going to ensue into some problem. Now, what's the better thing to do at that time? Or the situation at that time? That is what a Muslim must understand. Or what do I do? I know of some of my friends. Now, there's a family dispute about an inheritance, right? He stands to lose about 5 million. So he came, came up to me. This, now, this is what, I think it's last week that's happened. I said, bye. Allah gave you enough, you got still 20 million, let that thing go. So now you say that, say that, I let it go. But that heart, just to see that we avoid trouble, fights, alright, you ask in a lenient, decent, be considerate, but you see now things are going out of bounds, then there is also a way to, to overcome forgive. And the one that is forgiving, is not losing out. We think that we are losing out forgiving. Five million is going, you know, and we're giving sadaqah, etc. That's how we think. But the hadith says, مَنْ تَرَكَ الْمِرَاءَ وَهُوَ مُحِكٌ بُنِيَ لَهُ بَيْتٌ فِي رَبَدِ الْجَنَّةِ You want the right. You want the right. Nobody is disputing. It's your right. But only for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, you waived your right. Right? Five million, let it go. It's one-fifth of my, my wealth, right? Twenty-five million I own. One-fifth of my wealth. And he's taking me. And he's making a noise now, whatever. I don't want to, I want to avoid trouble. I know it's my right. But this is going to happen, this is going to, uh, is going to uh, end up in a fight, going to end up in a fight. And 
it will result in a whole big family dispute. So let's avoid this thing and let me forgive him. So he's got no answerability here in this world, no answerability in the hereafter. And it's my brother, he's taken it, alright. So I've got the right to forgive my brother, let's forgive, forget it. Now, in return, what's the recompense? What's the recompense? What Allah will how Allah forgive you? So the hadith is promising, Allah Pak will give you a palace in central, like someone tells you, you know, will buy a property for you in central Balito. What will happen? Prime spot in central Balito or Mshlang, what happens? You'll go for it. Yeah, that Balito or that Mshlang, that will go. With your going, that thing will go. But that what you have invested with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is no end to it. It will continue. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala.